Today on the Tim Marlon podcast show, we've got Raz Katech. Raj Katecha. Raj Katecha. That's it, yeah. Fucking class surname, that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneur, DJ, fucking awesome content creator. Appreciate it. If you were going to sort of describe yourself, would you class yourself as a content creator? Is that is that what you... I know you don't put labels on your thing, but like when I think about you, I just I think of you as a content creator. You're an amazing content creator, mate, if I'm going to be honest with you. The way you tell stories, the way you come across... We've no, we've, you know, Instagram friends, whatever you call it. It's been years now, hasn't it? We're just mm. putting that frequency out there. What, how would you sort of describe yourself? As a creative entrepreneur. So I feel like I've got really good access to the creative industries and creative people. I tend to vibe with and build teams out of and lead. So I think if you put me in a room with actuarial scientists, I can speak the language at a very basic level. But if you like yourself, put me in a room with people that are trying to conceptualize how we're going to take a new coffee to market, then that's probably where I'd probably where I'd be able to earn my bread and butter. Where's it come from this? Oh, it's, it's so interesting. So I, I'm here in, in the Northwest in with my mom and dad at the moment. So my little cousin's getting engaged and I went to stay with my mom and dad for a couple of days beforehand. And I really kind of got a chance to vibe with both of them. And I think it's it's probably come from a little bit of both sides. Like my dad sings, his dad used to sing. Uh, they were both shopkeepers. So you've got the creativity and the entrepreneurship. To the best of my knowledge, my great grandfather and above that were all in business as well. And then my mom is just a complete free spirit, not too worried about being on time, likes to look after the flowers in the garden. So in my DNA, it's probably there uh, on, on the nature versus nurture tip. My sister, who lives in Dubai as well. She's an award-winning interior designer. She's done, you know, penthouses in the Burj Khalifa and stuff like that. But like myself, she's still quite grimy and ghetto. Not ghetto, like, not not hood, but like, you know, when you come from up north, you have a certain grounding cable that always stays attached yeah, to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'd say it's very much just like in my family. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about that grind, that, that the ghetto is not the right word but yeah. that, then, then street. that street yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's talk to me about that way when, when you when you started out well i think the, the relationship with that is interesting because i grew up in well i was born here in bolton so it's my first time back here in you know 20 plus years so i'm so happy about that uh, but within a few months of me being born the way that the story goes is my dad realized okay having a kid's going to be expensive so let's do what most indians did which is let's get a shop so they went to Salford, Erlem and Cadizet near Eccles, near, near where the traffic center is now, and um, opened a shop. And it's at that point that it was interesting because some people, Northerners generally can be quite friendly, but with a, a little bit of a, a rough edge if they don't quite understand something. So for the most part, we were very like loved in the town, but you could definitely tell any kind of prejudice, not necessarily through the adults, but through the kids. I feel like when adults talk to, the way they talk at home in front of their kids is different than how they'll talk, you know, when they see you. So whereas the adults might mute how they feel about Asians, the kids would be like, oh, you're a this, that, da, da. And I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. So it got to the stage whereby, you know, you, you had to be kind of like careful and it wasn't too long, you know, between the ages of probably 11, 10, 11, right through to, 18 where you have to really learn how to talk with your hands a little bit if you want to well, talking 80s here yeah so we're talking I, I was born in 80 so this would have been like 90 to yeah. 98 right 99 and um 
And yeah, you, you, you of course have to be street smart because if for any reason under the sun, somebody doesn't like you or doesn't get you or is kind of like jolted by you and that causes some sort of like problem, then yeah, you might find yourself in like a bit of a fight, uh, especially at school. So I think that's what, what sharpens your instincts. I mean, I was even now, like when I, I travel the whole world, but when I go to like even nice restaurants or whatever, I'll still, or especially if I go to the club, I still hang out in clubs a lot because of the stuff we do in the music space. And I'll always like give the club a once over just to make sure, you know, because we grew up in like, you know, Manchester Market Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were, you know, you you asked people about like the Northern Quarter in the 90s and early 2000s, Havana, places like that, you know, Deansgate before the locks was there. Like, you know how it is. You you get in the club and you just have a quick look around, just see who's in the room. Because it could be a table full of students next to a table full of footballers next to a table full of street guys. So, you know, you have to, you have to take all the data in. And what's interesting, and my cousin Vic, my partner in the business, says this all a lot, a lot. He says that you kind of tend to draw lines between things. So like now we're fortunate because we draw lines between industries and celebrities and like we connect dots. But I think that comes from literally just being in a club and being like, okay, the pretty girls are over there. The bouncers are over there and they're working for these guys. These guys are the real bosses of the club. You know, like it's just, you just, you build those little data points up. I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm very grateful for it. Where did the, where did the content creation side of it come in for you? Because obviously, you know, you were business minded with your dad and stuff like that working mm. in the shops and stuff yeah when was it that you could see that shift within social media where you wanted to be a content creator for me content started way before social media you know for we, we come from an era where content was magazine articles billboards posters so my instinct was to want to put posters in the shop window which i was never able to do but it, my calling was that so then the more time i spend inside the house I'll be listening to like, or watching TV shows like UMTV raps and stuff like that. And, um, and that kind of stuff was really, really inspirational for me. For me. Like, I, I actually feel that I do a lot of podcasts now, like in yeah. a year I'll show up on 20, 30 podcasts. And I feel like for me, people like us that are very fortunate to be asked to come on podcasts, we're almost like rappers or my rap friends that go from radio station to radio station when they've got an album out they'll go out and they'll just bust freestyles they'll bust a freestyle with flex they'll bust a freestyle with kid capri they'll bust a freestyle for big boy in la and they just remind the streets that okay listen i'm really good at rhyming and they'll be rhyming over the same beats as other mcs have rhymed over so i'll be talking about motivation and entrepreneurship and strategy i'm not the first guy to talk about it but I think the perspective that I put on it based on my story and my lived experience is what's, what gets people like consuming these clips, you know? And I think that for me is, is where the creativity definitely began. When I actually put my money in the game was after a year of being a ticket seller for different crews in Manchester, 98, when I first went to uni. In 99, Garage exploded. So as you know, in Manchester, Manchester Met, like at that time, 33,000 students, a lot of kids from Northwest London. Mm. So they go home for summer vacation. They come back up in the beginning of the second year and they're like, yo, garage is popping. There's, you know, there's um, DJ Luck and MC Neat and Craig David and Dern, you need to play it. Now me, I'm straight hood. Like I like DMX and Biggie and da, da, da. So I'm hearing, you know, I'm, I'm used to records at like 90 to 100 BPM in the streets. And then now, people start playing this music, 133 BPM, like, I'll bring you flowers. I'm like, what is this? Like, and then 
and people are giving me tapes. I'm playing the tapes in the car all the time. And then some guys that wanted to DJ, they were like, look, we'll DJ. They were from out of town. They were from Loughborough, medical students. They were like, if you go and why don't you organize the parties? And I was like, listen, you don't know how it works at Manchester. If I go out and start organizing parties and we're putting posters and flyers up, we could get all types of stuff happen to us. But through one thing or another, I had the conversations that I needed to have and I got the all clear. So I went ahead and did it. And, um, and what, when I was really able to be creative is when I started designing those flyers. So it's like everybody, what was it? There was that fall into the gap campaign. So I took the gap blue and the square and changed it to essence, which was the name of the night. And then I was listening to other people that were like making moves in the streets. Like the students started to move into Gay Village, Canal Street. Yeah. And I was like, why would you go to Gay Village? Cause you know, like every, the prejudice in those days was like, oh, gay, straight, da, da. I was like, why would you go and book venues in Gay Village? They were like, gay people don't fight. Yeah. So the venues are in perfect condition. So I was like, oh, that's genius. Like, the, you know, the mirrors won't be smashed in the toilets. They won't be like, da, da, da. So we started booking those venues. And then, you know, we booked DJ Luck. And we booked MC Neat. So we launched a little bit of Luck. We booked MC Creed. We booked um, Monster Boy featuring Denzi. I can't live without you, that song. So we, we launched those singles. And, you know, I did all the flyers, everything from walking in the venue cold to booking it, to booking the artist, to paying them. That's, you know, that's when I really got a chance to constantly be in it. And, and Music's those, always been a massive part of your life, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Massive. I'm so lucky. Yeah. I'm so, it's so, it's so nice. Like, you know, Wu-Tang and Nas are coming to London to do a New York State of Mind tour. And like, I was just like, I, I remember just, I just sent a text to the Wu-Tang clan. I was like, yo, I'm going to New York from Dubai. I might lay over in London, come to the show at the O2. They were like, yeah, of course, like roll with us. Like, and I, and I'm saying it right now and I'm sweating yeah. because I'm like, these are, these are the posters on my wall as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And now like, you know, for, for Raekwon, the chef to come walking across the hotel lobby and give you a hug. I, I honestly, bro, I can't believe it. And I think, how do you, I think how it's, do you, how do you keep yourself grounded and not, and not get over, you know, like the fame, get older. I mean, I was just at my aunt's house and I just tried to grab some chocolate and I got a slap on the hand. It's like when, I'm, when you're at home, you're at home, right? Yeah. Like your mom says, get this. It's like, go get it. Yeah. So you, 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 but you know, sometimes in a, it's almost like in a Petri dish, like in a very controlled way, you also do have to let your ego grow a bit. Like you can't let it grow out of control, but you do have to allow it to grow. It's almost like a bamboo. Mm -hmm. If you chop it too much, it'll die. If you don't allow it to grow, if you don't allow it to get too big, if it gets too big, it'll die. That's nice, man. No one's ever said that before. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how do you trim it? Because I think the way things are today and the kind of what you do and what, what so many other great people do, like Joe Rogan and Chris Wilkinson, I don't know who his new cat is, but like, I like his stuff. And um, I almost feel like you guys are like, especially what you did the other day when you're in the lake, it's like you guys have taken responsibility for giving men an operating system mm-hmm. because we have the hardware, right? It's like your iPhone. We have the hardware. Yeah. And to a certain extent, we have like the operating system, but that operating system's never been tweaked. Like what does it take to, to, yeah. to kind of like be a man? Because you don't have too much ego because we've seen what happens. We've seen world wars come off the back of that. Yeah. But you don't have too little ego where the world, which is a savage place, chews you up. So it's about fine tuning it and installing the right apps. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I actually look at your podcast like an app. If you subscribe to it, you've effectively installed it in your brain. And then as that app updates, as in as more episodes are released, the capability of your hardware and your operating system yeah. increases. 
You know what I mean? That's what I like about you, Raj. You've got such a beautiful way of putting things, mate. You know what I mean? You've got such a different way of putting things mm -hmm. that just kind of resonate with people, aren't you? With yeah. such beautiful little segments and stuff. That's why it's so nice when I see little clips of yours because it like, you know what I mean? I take, take them on board. That, I'll never forget that, what you've just said. I appreciate that, It's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of time just, you know, a bit, like, I don't know, but when did you register Tim Manor? Mm, about 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's weird when you go into entrepreneurship, because you're responsible, like you, you, uh, you then eat what you kill. I know you come from a big agency background, yeah. but like when you eat what you kill, the time that you spend reflecting and thinking is very important very because important. people's salaries and how they feed their children and dogs and pay their mortgage depends on some of the biggest decisions that you could make. So I feel like those analogies, which I've become known for, are things that I just come up with when I'm just like sat reflecting you know, you'd think it would be like when you go for a massage, it's none of that time. That's when I yeah. probably fall asleep. It's more like when I'm just like lying in my bed being like, okay, you know. Yeah, it's, it's the same with me. I think I think a lot of people are so scared, mate, of just sitting in silence on their own and just reflecting. Mm -hmm. They're so scared of their own thoughts. And, you know, you know, you mentioned about me being up in the water and that's where... I find reflection the best and I'll just kind of go, I need to, I need to share this. Mm. I can't keep this to myself. I think other people need to, need to hear this. You know, it's just about adding value to people's lives, isn't it? Mm. But I think so many people put the mask on and they're scared of who's looking back in the mirror or they'll turn the phone themselves. And you know, the phone is a mirror, isn't it? Mm. You're looking back at yourself and you know what I mean? If you put a mask on there, you're lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I see it so many times and I, I want to break that away. Mm. And what I want with my videos to sort of dissolve all that. Mm. And speaking of which, like, is your, your cold exposure, mm. is that what's kept you like young looking? Cause you're not, you're not a guy with a lot of wrinkles. Um, cold exposure and sauna, mate, is my, really, eh? yeah. And I also do um, TRT as well. What's um, that? Testosterone replacement therapy. I've been doing that for about two years. Oh, what does that, how does that involve? Um, so it's just like an injection every five days of um, sort of therapeutic amount of um, testosterone because my testosterone levels are crushed because I've got an underactive thyroid. Okay, wow. Um, and the NHS covers amazing. that or you got, got out of pocket for um, that? I pocket myself. Right. So I, I get my bloods done every six months. Full wow. blood panel, pay for it myself, private. Mm. Um, I think it's really important that everybody does that and look at the blood work and see where the body's functioning and stuff like that. And, okay. wh and when I did it initially, my testosterone levels were just... I was getting tired around two o'clock for the rest of the day, just like I just went to doctor and I just thought, no, I need to, I need to take ownership of this mm. and not let the NHS or like, I need to do this myself. Mm. And when I did it, it just, it just changed my life. Yeah, I do a lot of things like that. I'm going to look into that, yeah. It's amazing, man. Did you, did you pack on a lot of this muscle as a result? As a result, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah. that's, a for, that's a for life thing now? Yes, for life thing now, yeah. Every five days, just... Every five days, you just put it in. It's just like a really small, um, tiny needle just into my leg. And wow. um, I have my blood's done every six months just to check up on it. And I think when you go to the the doctors, they'll do a blood test and they'll tell you that your testosterone is fine and it, it probably is. It would just be kind of in the middle or just... Right. But there's so much other, there's sex um, binding hormone, there's free testosterone, it's all these things they don't check as well. Right. So I went to this other um, company and they, the clinic and they went through all that. It's changed my life. Wow. My nails, my skin, my hair, everything. Wow. Changed. Wow. wow. Yeah. 
I love it. I'm going to look into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just send you the details and everything. I would love that, yeah. Um, but it's just things like that that I want to share with other people and kind of, you know, um, just looking, changing the perspectives. That's what yeah. I like about your stuff. I want people in my life to change my perspective. Right. I'll go, I know, look, I know you've thought like this, but what about thinking like this? And I'm kind of go, oh, yeah, actually prefer that to be honest yeah yeah and that's that that's that's that that's that zone this when you kind of know you've made it from yeah. a cognitive perspective is that you're, you're not over passionate about your thoughts and your opinions yeah. if somebody comes along and they're able to checkmate you you just say okay brilliant that that thought that i had yeah. now has to be removed from the chess table and i have to play with whatever i've got left it's it's actually a isn't it a privilege wouldn't you say to to have somebody come along and be like I hear you, I respect your opinion, I have this opinion, this is the data that backs it up and I think that it overrides yours and you go, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll yeah. take it. You yeah. Know, I do that I do that all the time. I sit with, you know, guys like like Gary V is a very good friend of mine, Daniel Priestley is yeah. a good friend of mine. Yeah. People show me a lot of love when I'm out and about in my world, but when I'm having dinner or hanging out with these guys, I'm like, God damn, these guys are spitting bars that like you know, it's gonna take me a lot of time to be able to see the world that they see it. Yeah. But what's really amazing is that they speak on camera they give away as much as they can we speak on camera we give away as much as we can and then behind closed doors like we're all it's steel sharp and steel do you know what i mean like now that we've actually like met and hung out who knows what happens next yeah. do you know what i mean you, you pull up in dubai or yeah or or any yeah. and, and we're in the same city because yeah, everyone yeah. hangs out in the same cities yeah. everybody hangs out in new york la dubai amsterdam yeah wherever it's just this, everyone's in the same cities and it's like who knows what happens next time and you're like yo man i'm in I'm in Cape Town. I'm like, I'm in Cape Town. You'll come through to this thing. There's a few hustlers that are meeting. We're meeting for dinner, you know, and then you just, your network expands and you just feel yourself getting yeah. sharper and sharper. You don't need to bring much to that chemistry. You just need to bring yourself. But the compound effect of everybody else, you know, yeah. you're sparring with them. So my, my stand-up comic friends, they say the same thing. My DJ friends, they say the same thing. Once you put them in a room with other guys like them or girls like them, they really kind of start to level up. It's about that, isn't it? About the circle you have around you and Very much. Who, you, who you're putting yourself with. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people need to sort of like break out of that. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's the the ego gets the better of yourself. You just think, well, as soon as you get into the play, I've seen people want to be, try and be the best. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, it's not about being the best. It's just about doing your best every day. Yeah. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. Try to be the best. There's, there's no end to that. No. Try to be not. the best at something. Yeah, you you've got to bring your A game every single time you step out yeah. of the house, right? And and just be prepared to pre be prepared to lose. Yeah. Like we, we've got this, we've got this one deal at the moment. It's like the biggest deal we've ever done in our lives. And it's like there's so many times where it's like my partner rings me and he goes, "It's on," and I go, "Great, looking forward to it." And he goes, "It's off," and I go, "All right, no problem." Then he goes, "It's on again." I met them, you know, we're waiting on the purchase order, and I'm like, "Great," and he goes, "Oh no, there's been a delay." You just, you just, the the the, the, the adrenaline cortisol cocktail yeah. back and forth is is crazy. Yeah. That's why you need to be a little bit, a little bit centered. And you know, I think I'm forty, about to be forty three. Yeah. You've you've run that cycle so many times now that it, you don't really fall off the tightrope. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like before, a breeze would make you trip, whereas now a, a cyclone can come along yeah. and you're staying on that. Is that rope. that storm that I talked about in the yeah. water? It's exactly that's exactly what I, what I meant about it. It's yeah. got to be all right, isn't it? Yeah, things are yeah. going to happen. You're going to turn and what's it? Just be all right with it. Yeah, give yeah. yourself all right to be all right, not being all right. Yeah, yeah, it's for real. It's it's isn't so it? true, man. I mean, it's uh, but you know, you look around, you look at how like how good life is. Yeah. 
and it's just like you can't you just can't ever be mad man you're gonna have you're gonna have some days where you don't take all the chips off the table and there'll be some days where you it's a roll flush and you take it all do you know what i mean yeah it's just one of those ones but the fact that we're still here especially after the last couple of years you see a couple of guys disappear yeah. it's like now it's you know this is it this is the glory days yeah. did you do one-to-one consultations with, with people and that kind of thing mate did you, did you so not uh, you know, I don't like the word life coach, but do you, mm. do, you, do, you, do you do that with people? So it occurs one of two ways. Informally, yes. Like, you know, I know for a fact that there's certain people that want to see me because they just want to get their head right. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I think that opportunity has become less and less as my schedule's got more crazy. But uh, the beginning of every single client that we take on at the Creative Content Agency, we do a one full day session and it's called the four P's of content. Yeah. So we teach them about how to plan, produce, publish and promote content. Yeah. We extract as much as we can about where they want to go. And then we take them through this process, which is a, a linear logical process. Like you have to plan before you can produce, you have to produce something before you can publish it somewhere and it has to be published before you can promote it. Yeah. So these are like the four universal pillars of content yeah. creation, but your journey through those is very personal. So one thing that we realize is that if you start that journey without your head in the right zone, Perfect. then you will trip off yeah. some of them. Maybe you'll run out of patience. Maybe your expectations won't be aligned yeah. correctly. So some of what we do is just talking to people being like, listen, man, like you're going to have to be okay with getting nine out of 10 of these ideas wrong. Yeah. And you're waiting for that number one. If you look at like the venture capital industry for every deliveroo that you invest in, you invest in like, 84 shitteroos, you know what I mean? That don't make money. And each one of those you plowed in a couple of million dollars, but Deliveroo, you put in a couple of million dollars, it returns 2000 X and it makes it all worth it. So we explain the same thing with content. We're like, listen, you might want to start a long form blog and then cut out micro content that may work. Or what might work for you is super high definition content where you're wearing a ton of makeup. Or what might work for you is you just walking around in the rain on your phone or what might work for you is not being on camera at all, just voicing your content and using subtitles over the top of B-roll footage. Yeah. It's so I think that to to give somebody the, um, to give their brain the neuroplasticity to be okay with adapting to each of those strategies is the equivalent to this kind of like pep talk slash life coaching yeah. um, framing that you've just offered, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's like what we were saying before. It's like as soon as you get that camera out, you want to do content, and that person looking back in the mirror is not really. You've got to sort this person out first before you start doing that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's them conversation. You have to understand where that person's at in the life. Yeah. Can they uphold that on a on a you know on a longevity point of view? Yeah. Um, the psychological implications of setting somebody out on a path. Mm. for their identity if it's not right sends them right down a mental health thing mm. I, I see it all the time you know talking and doing consultations that I know where people are at and I know that you know I offer people counselling you know I've got a, a counsellor attached to the business to actually go and get counselling and talk it out first and get that right before we start this branding journey because it's going to be a very lonely one wow. and, it, and it's going to be a very you're going to be going right in the fucking dark bag yeah. You're going to be looking at the, you know, the little guy, little Tim, who's got abandonment issues and all these kind of things. Mm. You know, you start putting a mask on over the top of little Tim, like right down the line, you're going to, you're going to 
it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once that mask off. cracks and yeah, you realise you built an audience of 150,000 yeah, people yeah, yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden yeah. the mask falls off yeah. and everyone sees who you really are. Yeah. And we've and I, it's, so, it's so crazy you say that. Like, we say to our clients, you know, is there anything you want to tell me? Yeah. Like, is there a situation where, you know, You've walked out of a West End nightclub in 2004 with a bit with a bit of powder on your mustache. Yeah. Like, what do I what do I need to know? Because yeah. once we turn the vol, like once we turn you up, we don't have the option of turning you down. Once you're well known, once you're popular, once you're liked and trusted, yeah. you better be okay with that magnifying glass. Yeah. Because um, we don't have the option of putting it away, you know. And they can you know they can people can take down their instagram take down their facebook and it's not long before people you know forget about you but while, when you're on you're on and um and it's and, I, and one thing i think that's really been quite useful for me this is my september will be my 25th year in in this game legally 16 years 17 years uh is that it's the, it's the slow burn right like i've seen a lot of people come and go i've seen a lot of like you know i'll help you with i'll, I'll I've seen people like launch their careers and sell courses. Like yeah. I'm the retail warrior. I'll teach yeah. you how to set up your retail business. I'll teach you how to do public speaking. Yeah. I'll teach you how to do this. I'll help you with your confidence. And you know, they're hot for a year, two years, three years, but who can, who can play this game? Like, you know, over, yeah. a, over a couple of decades, you know, who, who are the, who are the Gary V's? Who are the Seth Godin's? Who are the Malcolm Gladwell's? Who are the Tim Ferris's? Who are the Professor Scott Galloway's that just keep showing up and hit that bag? It doesn't yeah. matter how old they are. Yeah. They can, they can really put a dent in that bag. I remember once I hit 10 years in the game, I was like, this feels different. Yeah. Cause everybody who's telling me I've been doing it two, three years. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. With, you know, with, there's, I'm a, I'm, I'm double digits. Like single digits doesn't feel the same. Now I'm two decades, two and a half decades. It's like, you see people on their journey and you, you, you kind of say to them that even though you've been patient to get to the 16 year mark, you need to continue to be patient. You yeah. can't let it jolt you at any one point. Yeah. Yeah. It's so That's real. what I'm saying about, you know, these people you're talking about there, they're the ones that want to be the best mm. and that don't last because it's like what happens when you kind of get, it, it's not about that. You just do your best every single day. Yeah. And you just keep showing up every day. Yeah. What happens when the motivational quotes run out, when they just be you hunt quotes run out, what are you yeah. going to do then? Yeah, it's yeah. called discipline. And that is you just keep showing up over the day. You just keep doing and you just keep doing if you love what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so real. I got a lot of friends, you know, Dubai's full of a lot of beautiful people. Yeah. And um, some of them have way bigger followings than I do. And when we hang out, when I hang out with these people, they're like, yeah, I'm on antidepressants. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been reposting flights from a year and a half ago just to show people that oh like shaming, so. you know just to be like yo i'm just i'm, I'm out here i'm at another conference yeah. but i'm just like i i mean and also also i try not to like i sometimes feel like me telling them or sharing with them what the right approach is i'm not going to be a better teacher than life is so i'll go on record and be like you know these are the reasons why i think this might be detrimental to you but i i can't actually like hit them with that iron brand and be like, this is what it feels like when it hurts. Yeah. I think life's, life's the only kind of energy that can do that. Yeah. Like I'm like, listen, heads up for the record to be historically correct. What you're doing will not serve you the way that you think it will. Um, but sometimes you need, you know, that, that thunderclap of life is the one that teaches you when, and that for them could be burnout, depression, yeah. therapy, who knows, but, but that's the, the lesson that they need. Everyone's on their own journey, right? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just, you know, 
it's, it's I find it so hard sometimes when I'm tired not to judge people mm. and I look at them and I feel myself going and that's old Tim that's the little Tim judging someone who can't say I can't believe the, I know that person he's mm. not that person that I'm seeing because I had a conversation with what's it in your head's in the bin yeah. you're putting on this thing and I'm like I can't do that anymore it's not fair to them Yeah. if they want to do that that's cool you do that yeah, yeah. If you need me, I'll be here. Yeah, yeah. But I can't do that to myself because I'm only traumatising myself. Yeah, yeah. It's your journey. That's the path you're doing. If that's what you want to do, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's real. Super real. Super real, isn't it? Mm, I, I love just, it. I just I, I just feel so sad for some people, mate. You know, I, I, I know, you know, mathematically beautiful people. They've mm. got the, the, the face... And they just like, they take 50 odd shots just to put one on. Mm. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Mm. Why? Come mm. on, you don't need to do that. But then again, I'm getting, I'm doing that judgment route again. And I'm just like, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. Mm. We have to realize, bro, that like, I think it's important to, it's important to just take time out and take stock and be like, we like, we are the 1%. Yeah. Like we're not the 1% when it comes to the richest. We're not the 1% when it comes to the most athletic. We're not the 1% when it comes to like being aristocrats or, you know, politicians, but we are the creative 1%. Like there's a reason why in the days of the King's Court that they would all gather to see the jester. Mm -hmm. The jester would come on with some funny clothes and do some juggling and fire eating and then go back to their village. Yeah. That, that, that there's, there's so much status in being creative. Like you don't need money if you're like us. doesn't mean you shouldn't get it, you should get it. But you don't need money if you're like us. Mm. If you've naturally got a creative outlook and you can make one plus one equals six and you've got enough charm and charisma to work whichever room you're in, I mean, what more do you need? You're a, you're a constant hot knife mm. and life is just a, a block of butter. I mean, I'm going to just talk my shit for a second, but like, where can we not go? We go everywhere. Yeah. Every country, every neighborhood, every company loves us. Why? Because we just, we don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, I've told, I've told huge publicly listed CEOs, you might not agree, but I'm not here to get your business. I'm here to be historically correct. I'd rather you not give me the business now have an aha moment in six and a half years when AI does what I say it will do or mobile technology does what I said it would do. And you go, you know what? This time, let's give him a call and let's do it. And instead of making him, you know, tap dance for us for two and a half months about a project that we never end up doing, let's just call him in and stamp it the same day. It's just much better that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why what we do here is incredible is that we we put out our thoughts on record. Yeah. You know, if we were to talk tactical, like if we were to talk AI or this or that, yeah. we say this is what we think is going to happen. And then you you very kindly at your own expense will put this on YouTube and it will be date stamped. And forever it will be in the month of May 2023. Tim and Raj talked about this and thought that the game might play out this way. And this is the evidence that they brought to the market. Yeah. And then along comes, you know, September 2028 and it's real. You know, I remember in 2016, I first moved to Dubai, my first podcast that I was invited onto in the city. And I said that, they said, you know, what's the future of social media? And I said, it's biomedia. And they were like, what's that? I was like, well, social media 
is media that's generated by the society that surrounds you. At the time, that was dominated by Facebook, which was your what we call your friends graph. So whatever's going on in your friends world becomes the media that you end up following. That becomes your soap opera. But instead of watching Neighbors, we're watching Facebook. And we're looking for updates every single day, the same way that we would follow Dorothy and whatever Kylie Minogue or Natalie Imbruglia or Jason Donovan, whatever their characters were, we get daily updates, right? When we watch Neighbors. Now Facebook became Neighbors and your friends were the main characters. And I said, I feel like your bio media is going to be the next media. And they were like, well, what's that? And I was like, I see a situation whereby biological data becomes a character and it's read rather than your friend posting a post on Facebook, your pulse will just be read by a watch. And then that watch will turn that into a graph, which you look at on your phone or on your watch. Yep. And now, especially you as a biohacker, your testosterone level is a character. Yeah, yeah. When it's having a good run, yeah. you're happy. When it has a bad run, yeah. you can step Never in and intervene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your heart rate yeah. is a character. Your white blood cells yeah, is yeah. a character. Your hair density is a character. Yeah. And you're tracking these things every day or every week. And you're like, I wonder how they're doing. And I wonder how they're interacting with each other. And the thing about that is we have a certain, as human beings, we have a certain, we, we tend to face inwards, right? We're our own favorite people. Yeah. And we think that our, our, our journey is, is the journey that life bends itself around. Well, you can look at your friends and you can be like, well, that person being in Mauritius made me feel a bit this or da, da, da. But when you're looking at your own bio data, it's fresh data that updates every single second and we can become addicted to it. So once you tell people that your heart rate is this or your, yeah. your fat burning rate is that, well, what do people start doing? Then the real human kicks in, which is how do I optimize this? The human being that built ships and conquered different lands tries to do it to themselves. That internal innovation of how do I get myself to optimum health? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that in the male operating system, I think that's one thing that we're going to become quite addicted to yeah. is that the same way that traditionally females, although they were bullied into it through yeah. magazines and the media industry, yeah. became slaves of the aesthetic, the female aesthetic and how a woman should look. I think men are going to become addicted to yeah. how, a men's, how a man's body should perform. Because for us, traditionally, if, we, if our bodies do not perform that way and we're not able to achieve that aesthetic, then unfortunately we're not be able to leave behind children. Very good, mate. Love that. Never thought of it like that. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm a bit of You're a, an Apple Watch wearer, right? I'm an Apple Watch wearer. I mean, I go into the sauna, I look at my resting heart rate to see what my heart rate goes to and stuff. You know, obviously I do the testosterone, get my bloods, where's my fitness levels at, when's my heart rate doing this, what zone two am I in and stuff like that. Yeah. So if I said to you right now, I'm going to put you at a crossroads yeah. and for one week, it's either the content that your bio data that your Apple Watch will give you, yeah. or it's the social media that Instagram will give you, which one would you choose? I'm really bio data, all day. Percent, all day, every day. All day. Because that's yeah. more important to me. Yeah. What's going on inside. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're doing a trip to Bali and you know yeah. that you might be having a bit of jet lag to deal with. Or yeah, this oh or yeah, that. yeah, yeah. When you need that in front. Right. All that, do all that. Yeah. I'm, I'm contemplating getting one of those um, sleep eight beds, yeah. eight, eight sleep beds. They could they track your sleep and stuff like that. Now imagine that they say, hey, listen, you subscribe to this service. And how old are you? 48. Okay, wow, you look great for 48. Thank you, imagine that you. Imagine that someone says that, hey, listen, we know of, you know, let's just jump forward 10 years, but let's just say we know of 64,000 white, white males that are 48 years old that have roughly grown up within, you know, 45 kilometers of where you've lived. They, are, they eat the same foods that you eat. Would you like to know what their artery levels are like and where you fit in 
And they go, you go, yeah. And they go, right, the artery density is X point X millimeters and yours is X point Y. You're doing okay. Your risk of heart attack versus the average person with your body mass index mm. is X. And that's where AI kicks in because AI, AI is going to be able to triangulate all of that data and let you know exactly what you're doing to the point whereby I think people will literally go, hey, listen, you probably shouldn't, you probably shouldn't holiday in Morocco because the kind of music that you like is available in this club and this club has 65% of the area is got shisha. And if you do that, the next morning you're going to have a lung issue and you're not going to be able to do the 5K that you need to do to live to 78. Wolf that shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's where we're going. That's how, exactly. how do you feel about that? What, what's your, what's your th actual thoughts on that from a psychological mental health point of view? Is it good? You, again, you have to balance that. I feel like I've got it on track quite well where, it, you know, it doesn't govern me. It doesn't govern my happiness, hmm. you know, doing that. I am, am I aware of it? I think because you've just changed my perspective on it now, maybe I am too aware of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think it, everything, everything lives on a spectrum. The way that we, the way that we're able to think critically about anything in life is that we put it on a spectrum, which is on the far left-hand side, we have zero. On the far right-hand side, we have a hundred. And where does this sit on that spectrum? Or maybe you can cross that with another matrix and you say, okay, wh where, where do we sit on it? So of course, the more data that becomes available, mm -hmm. the more that it will lead to people obsessing. Because before Apple Watch, there were already people that obsessed in the gym. We're of the same age where we remember, yeah. you know, the muscle gyms and Venice Beach and Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and people that were just like, you know, 16 raw eggs for breakfast. They did that before Whoop and the Apple Watch. So there will always be people that take it to a certain extreme, which is that 100% mark. Mm -hmm. And there'll be other people that go to the doctor, have their waist measured, have their blood pressure measured. And they're told you must stop smoking because if you don't, you're going to have about nine months left and they continue to smoke. So that's the thing about the, the biodiversity that is human beings. There's 8 billion of us on the planet. And if they all went in the same direction, we wouldn't want that either because there'd be unintended consequences because one or two people would figure it out and control all 8 billion people. So you need free thinking and free radical behavior for there to be the biodiversity that there is inside human beings, you know what I mean? So I think for some people, it's gonna be the greatest thing ever. For other people, it's gonna make them more neurotic. And for other people, it won't affect them. What's your, as a creative, because you're a tr true creative, yeah? What's your relationship like with money? Boy, I tell you, it's, it, this, it's the question of the day, man. Like, I've been thinking about it a lot because, you know, I've had times where I've had it and yeah. lost it and had it and lost it. I think the only variable now at 43 years old is what matters to me and what's important. So... The time, I mean, yo, like we, we just, we were, we were coming here to Bolton just now and we drove past a UPS truck and the our UPS was my first job. They opened in Earlham, they opened a warehouse. And I think the minimum wage at the time was £3.63 or £3.75 and they were paying five fifteen as a US company. Time and a half if you go over. So we got three hours every night, five till eight. And uh, if you go over, you know, a truck comes in late and you've got to sort the parcels, they pay you time and a half, which is 750 plus change. So by 17 years old, I've got my dad's hand-me-down Nokia 2100, uh, 22110 model uh, on orange, which was 15 pound a month for 15 minutes of voice, no SMS, and each call was rounded up to the minute. So you remember those times. So I had one of those. 
I had like a YSL shell jacket, two chains. <laughs> I mean, I was 17, 18 years old, living off hip hop music. So that's all I know. And I, and I was and I was doing well. And I remember that the, uh, I think our stove or something broke down. And my dad was like, oh God, the stove's broken. I was like, no worries, I'll go get another one. 350 quid for a stove, no worries. I had money then. Then went to university, put it in the game, made even more. Went to Toronto, realized that real life, when you pay rent and all that kind of stuff, had a little bit less. Came to London, had a little bit less because London's really expensive. Then came up, the business took off. Was involved in the exit of a company in Los Angeles, made a bunch of money on that. Went down again, went to Dubai with loads of cash. Realized that Dubai was at its peak most expensive. Money went down. Along came COVID, money went down. But I've always been building my personal brand. So as soon as the market went up, I went up with it again. So, you know, it has been an up and down. But I'd say there's been a couple of factors. I think, you know, where I'm from, like Salford, I didn't grow up around accountants or doctors or lawyers. You meet a doctor when you need to go see a doctor. Yeah. You meet an accountant when you go to see an accountant and you don't go to see an accountant when you're from a working class area where people work in steel factories or farms or whatever. I think the more I got to London and started being around people like that and started in going to Dubai, being around money cats, that they just keep it really real with you. Um, I think that's what's given me a, a better idea of what's important. I think I'd much rather like not spend money and stay at home and then go and invest that money into a nice dinner with somebody who owns private jets and yachts and get that little bit of time with them, then just go out and just, you know, do do some dumb shit. And I think at 43 years old, I've done it all. You know what I mean? I've done, I've lived such an amazing life that if I did invest in something which would be considered a luxury or a pleasure, I'd be doing it for the second, third, fourth time. You know, I've done Vegas, I've done Miami, I've done Ibiza. Thailand, Australia, you know, I performed as a DJ, LA, like I just, I think for me now, I'm seeing that the relationship that I've got between my needs and money has changed. I've never really done it to, I've never spent money to stunt on people. I've never spent money to be like, yo, I've got this, you've not. I've always done it for the experience. But now I'm thinking to myself, will this experience help me get to the next level? And I've got so many brands that I've built, you know, my friends, your friends in Dubai, that's 4,000 people right now. Like I have a responsibility to invest in that business, that brand and that community in a way whereby I can continue to serve people. And so funny, I called it a business. It's really not like I've sponsored the whole thing for the last six years. And, um, but now maybe it's time where that starts making money. So this year we'll probably take it to LA and Toronto and New York. We'll probably launch a merchandise line. Like, you know, we'll do some cool shit with it. And that's gonna require me to not spend that money on things for myself. Yeah and invest that in, in the business. So I think my relationships got a lot more mature, but you know, who are my role models, right? Rappers, Jay-Z, big, talking about Versace shades and driving Lexuses and that's all you know, right? You walk out your dad's shop and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna get a Lexus. You don't know how you're gonna do it, but but it involves spending money that probably shouldn't have done. But I'll take it, I'd rather, I'd rather go wild from 18 to 43 and then just cool out for the rest of the time because now's the real game, right? Now's the, how many properties do I have when it's time to retire? How much health insurance do I have? How much this do I have? How much that do I have? So these are all the real thoughts that I'm having right now. It's, it's generally gone in the right direction, my relationship with money. But boy, <laughs> there's, been some, there's been some ups and some downs for sure. You're just around the right people though, aren't you? Mm. Isn't it? That's, that's the, 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 probably the best strategical move I think that I'm gonna take away from this conversation that I need to get around more worldly people. I um I did I went to 
last weekend I went to the woods with a friend of mine who's a yoga instructor and a breathwork, but she does it all over the world. Mm. Um, we did a microdose. Nice. And, and we went to the woods and did some breathing and meditation. Mushrooms? Yeah, magic mushrooms, psilocybin. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. just... Um, she she just talks a different way because mm. she's so worldly and stuff like that. I'm just a really beautiful, deep conversation. Mm. And I'm just like, I need to put myself in more situations like this. Come to Dubai. Yeah. Right now, Dubai yeah. is the center of the universe. Yeah. Every single hustler on the planet is there. Yeah. Like killing it. You know, if you, I, I would love, I would love for you to come. Like if you said, look, I'm in town five days, six days, seven days. Yeah. I'd ring up a few killers and be like, yo, this is one of my guys. He's yeah. from back home. You know, we're going to go for dinner. We're going to go for drinks. This guy's in financial services. This person's in automotive. This person's yeah. in healthcare. There's, and, you know, you just sit around those people. And the good thing about Dubai is it's a it's a yes place. Like I spoke to Gary about this. We, Gary V, we had, we had dinner years ago. And it was his first time in Dubai. And I was like, what do you reckon? He goes, it's a yes place. You want, you want, to, build a, you want to build a canal that runs through the city? Yes. You want to build a highway that goes from here to here? Yes. You want more airplanes than anywhere in the world? Yes. You want this? Yeah. Everything is a yeah. World's tallest building? Yes. Indoor? You want sharks opposite the Cheesecake Factory swimming in a marine? Yes. Like it's such, so when you come here, everyone's like, yes. You want to do this, Tim? Yes. One second. Let me whip out my phone. Call my friend. Tell him that we had, din tell him that we had lunch today and you need something. That's it's just a yes my market. type yeah. of place yeah. that, mate. Yeah, what do you need? How can I help you? Do you know this person? Yeah. Come for coffee with me and this guy. Let's go for lunch together. Yo, I'll be in this bar at this time. Come through. There'll be some good girls and guys there. You should yeah. meet. Yes. I, fe I feel to become better, a better human, a better friend, a better brother, I, I need to surround myself with more people like you. Yeah. And um, just, to make, just to make money. Like, you know, what you do, the yeah. kind of culture you have. I've been in your office, you know, an, an hour now. Yeah. Everyone's so friendly. I know that... Once you leave here that, you know, let's say you're not in for two, three days. They're not all going to be like smoking weed and chilling. They're going to be working. Yeah. So you can be in Dubai and your laptop being like, guys, I've just won a bit of business. This is the scope. Yeah. Get started. I'll see you in a few days. You know, Zoom. I'm there. Right, I'm there. Teams. Done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Seven hours. Same distance as New York. You just like, Wake up, have breakfast here. just like here. coach me. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But no, but, but imagine that, like you, you bring the podcast there. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the name of two or three studios. You don't need to bring any equipment. The studios will run you a hundred pounds an hour and it's television quality. And you just say, okay, I want to talk to, you know, I'm, I'm coming to Dubai. I want to talk to Spencer Lodge, who has the, the biggest podcast, English speaking podcast in the Middle East. I want to talk to Nimi Mehta from DXB One Television. I want to talk to Tahir Majithia, the real estate agent. I want to talk to... Yeah you know, all these people. And I just send texts, yo, 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 my man Tim's in town. He wants to do an interview with you. And you walk away with like six to 10 interviews with some real hustlers in the city. And then you, and you know, then you do what you're meant to do, which is chop up the micros, put it out. Now Dubai cats start seeing you. Money, Raj. Yeah. Done. Sold, done. Yeah. Love it. What's, um, talk, talk to me a little bit about um, your outlook on chat GPT and AI, mate. What's your standpoint on this and where's it going the way that we've seen it so we started using it from the from the first week that chat gpt 3.5 came out we've seen like a significant operational advantage when it comes to getting anything that we're doing especially when it relates to content copy words we've seen a 70 percent 
to 80% reduction in the amount of time that we have to deploy to write a YouTube description, to write a Instagram caption. It will never be perfect. Your, your, your clients are still paying for a human being to sign it off. And there's a term that's been passed around and honestly, quite honestly ripped off by different people on the internet right now, but whoever came up with it is smart, which is that in the short term, AI is not gonna take your job, but somebody using AI will. So I think that for us, there's been those advantages. Now, I really, really got excited a few days ago because uh, Jason Calacanis from This Week in Startups, early stage investor in Uber and some of the other things, my former boss's boss, had f found an app, and I'll get you the name of it before we leave, uh, which is an app that you can, uh, a plugin that you can install on ChatGPT that will take multiple spreadsheets and do a big data analysis on it. That's really interesting. There's gonna be an arbitrage where you'll be able to ring up companies and be like, give me your data and I'll analyze it for you. And normally that would run you hundreds of dollars an hour to get a data scientist to do that. And ChatGPT spitting it out in seconds. So I think now we're getting into a stage whereby, okay, yeah, people are gonna genuinely start, start losing jobs. And I say that to say this, and I'd, I'd, I'd still give the contract to this chap today because we go back a decade but the week before this app was launched i called a data scientist friend of mine who i i helped him start his career and i was like i've got all this data i've got 16 data sets can you analyze it for me and he's a nerd so he'll go through it manually and he'll run formulas and he'll analyze it and come back and be like right this is what your data from this brand says um but i openly texted him and said this app might be able to do your job. And I don't mind whether you use this app to do what I told you to do, because I'd much rather you and this app meet. It makes your life 80% more efficient and you give me a 60% discount. So still make money. I don't want to touch the data, but I think that's that's where the, the market's going. Intelligence is something that we would not be here as a species without intelligence, without foresight. And I think that artificial intelligence now will just like run adjacent to human intelligence, but it will for the short term be a co-pilot. I don't see it in the short term, like changing the whole world and leaving people out of their jobs, but it is gonna be like a kind of a boa constrictor where it will start to eventually start to squeeze certain people out. And then what will happen is those people that lose their jobs because human beings don't wanna die because they've lost their job, will innovate and go and do other things. We saw it happen in the great financial crisis, 2008. People in the financial industry lost their jobs. They spilled out of that bucket and landed in the tech bucket because the tech bucket was getting bigger and bigger. Now, white collar jobs in the tech industry, you know, we've seen the layoffs at the Twitters and the Facebooks and all these big tech companies. When they fall out of their industry, where are they gonna go next? Seasoned professionals that may have come from finance pre-08 that yeah. then went into tech that in the, for 15 years after that might go into AI or might go into medicine because AI is ubiquitous. Which industry doesn't want it? Aeronautical is gonna want it. Pharmacy is gonna want it. Pharmacy and medicine is gonna want it. Yeah. Councils are gonna want it. Yeah. Why do councils wanna pay millions of pounds in salaries to figure out which order the traffic light should run in when an AI can tell you based on this, we can do that. And soon the cars will talk to the councils. So your Tesla will let the council know Tim's leaving the house and we know that he's gonna be leaving on this motorway. Is there any way that Tim and the 34 other people leaving Tim's neighborhood can get out of the city quicker? Can we configure the lights so that these guys can get out quicker? Yeah. 
not to track you, not to arrest you. People think, oh, they're going to get me for speeding. No, they want to get you out of the city as quick as you can and get you back in as quick as you can. Because convenience is the reason why cities are built up. Why do people love Manchester? A lot of people there. Why do people love London? A lot of people there. It's just convenient. Every food is there. Want sushi? It's not a 40-minute drive. It's a 11-minute walk. So people want that kind of level of convenience. And I think that that's one thing that that's going to be really, really interesting. Unfortunately, human beings do tend to build systems and sometimes get ahead of themselves when you look at like slavery and industrial slavery and things of that nature. They do tend to, it does tend to go wrong sometimes, but human beings do optimize their lives for convenience. Yeah, yeah. The bigger the cave, the more wives I can have, the more children I can have, the more children I can have, the more children I can leave because 80% of them will die, 20% of them will survive and my DNA will carry on. So I'm talking about like prehistoric times. So right now people are gonna be like, okay, well listen, you know, if I know that someone's at home, my child's at home, my partner's at home and AI can handle a bunch of tasks for me, why not? It gives me an extra hour in the office. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it, I think it's gonna be a net positive, but this is too big. AI is a paradigm shift like the internet. AI is a paradigm shift like mobile. Like people said, mobile's the death of the PC. And I'm like, how stupid are you? Like we were there right in the nineties. Mobile smartphones would be the death of the PC. I'm like, do you even think for a second what the PC means? Personal computer. Is there a computational device that's more personal today than your phone? Yeah. Mobile phones were the rise of the PC. It was the graduation. It was the post puberty moment for the PC. So AI is gonna do for intelligence, what the web did for information. Again, we're old enough to remember being like, oh, the internet, get on it, it's the information superhighway. All right, well, when think about how the industry has worked. We've gone from the information age, which is post 94, you know, Windows 90, 95, the internet, modems, to the application age, where if it was information, I'll give some real examples so the listener understands. 1998, we're in the information age. I need information. What information do I need? I need information about where the local taxi company is. I'm in a new town. So I go on the internet and I go, I'm in Cardiff. I'd like to know where, who the local taxi company is. I need to go out from my hotel. You type it in, you call them and you exchange information. My name's this and I'm in this hotel. You guys are a taxi company. I need you to come pick me up. Please let me know how much it is. Okay, come get me. That's the information age. Jump forward to 2007 to roughly now, the application age apps. Now, all that information lives in the app. Yeah. You open the app, you press a button. You don't need to tell the taxi company who you are. They know. You don't care whose car it is. That's figured out through the app. The app just comes using the information, which is your geolocation, and comes and picks you up and bills you because they have the information that is your credit card. Yeah. Now we're going into the intelligence age, which is, hey, I'm going to Madrid for a wedding. And AI goes, oh, you're going for Thingy's wedding, Sylvia's wedding. Make sure that you make sure that before you go, these are the kind of things we've we've already got her uh, her wedding list. These are the kind of things that she wants. Oh, and by the way, did you know that uh, sixteen of your friends are actually going to be there? They they invited you, but you refused. So you you said you couldn't go because you didn't know what your schedule was going to be like. Well, heads up, they're going to be in a nearby town three days earlier? Should we move you out there three days earlier? Do this high school reunion and then head over to the wedding? And should we should we check in automatically with your works HR to see if they've got the capacity to let you off for an extra three days? And AI just comes up to you and says, hey, listen, the team at Barclays Bank 
you've got this many days allocated. They've already pre-approved it. We've dropped a message to the people that said, okay, you originally you couldn't come, but now you can just approve it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, you know, the, the wedding planning software already has your dietary requirements. So the caterers in Seville already know that you're allergic to fish. So all those adjustments have been made. That's AI. It's taking yeah. different data sets and cross-pollinating them and triangulating yeah. them. And I just and I and I think there's going to be so many great businesses that try to tackle those problems. And as it was in the social media days, like I want to build a social media app for horse riders, half of it is bullshit and it's just not a real need that human beings have. And so we're going to see lots of AI apps, even the ones that get funded, that are trying to solve problems that aren't really problems. But for every 97 of them, there's going to be an Uber, or for every 87 of them, there's going to yeah. be a Instagram yeah. or a DoorDash or a Talabat or a I don't know what the food delivery apps are in this country, like Deliveroo or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's a net positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. And I mean, for you as that's well. That's why I live mean, my life. Convenience. Like, yeah. You know, I leave my house, say Alexa, you know, to turn off lounge and it turns all my applications off, you know, all my lights and everything. I'm just like, done. Yeah. That's how I want to live my life. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need, it's just boring, that stuff. Right. I want, I want to live my life and AI is going to help me live it more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm excited about it. And there'll be there'll, there'll, there's bad actors, there's evil people. There'll be people that use it to to trace and attack and hurt vulnerable people. You know, yeah. elderly, you know, women, children, all sorts of people that have been traditionally susceptible. Yeah, you know, yeah, members yeah. of society. And there'll be bad actors, but then AI will then continue to advance and track those people as well. Yeah. You know, you look at all the fraud that's gone on with Bitcoin. Yeah all these Bitcoin fraudsters forget that everything is on an immutable ledger mm. and any fraud that they've done can be tracked because it lives on the blockchain. Yep. So now we're seeing a bunch of arrests of people that abused the system that is Bitcoin and Ethereum, yep. but they forget that every single thing was tracked and eventually once they tried to cash that money in, they were caught. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's a cat and mouse. The technology and humanity is, is a cat and mouse race. Yep. Sometimes the cat's winning, sometimes the mouse is winning. Do you know what I mean? So one tracks ahead of the other, the other one tracks ahead of the other. It's, it's cops and robbers. I'm just going to do my bit, mate, and, and put out videos like me in the water and just, just doing my bit mm. um, and just do my best and giving as much value to people. All I can do is concentrate on what I can do and, and my intention is to help people out, get out of the unauthenticness that they've kind of built up around them. And I want everybody to be fearless. I feel, mm. I feel like that is one, one of my big things of being fearless and don't be scared of who you are. Mm. Don't be scared of what you look like, man. Be mm. weird, be stupid, be like whatever you want to be. You can be whatever yeah. you want to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, Where did you pick that up from? Was that during your big agency times when you were like uh, around creatives and allowed to be free, or what was? I um, when I first experienced it, like I mean, through my twenties and stuff, like working through like big agencies and stuff. I, 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 you know, doing stuff for Louis Vuitton, United, Vivian Westwood, all sorts. I used to do it, and then. Nobody had said thank you or anything. And I'd done this amazing work, put my heart and soul into it, going into the agency for like stupid o'clock because I, I, cause I love it, mate. I don't say I like it, I love it, mm. right? But they'd have never said thank you and stuff. And then I go over and I, I'm working on um, I'm working on Man United today. And mm. it's got, oh, that's cool. Lasted about a minute. And I'm just like, I feel so empty, but I shouldn't feel empty because I'm doing these amazing things. Mm that mm. look amazing on the outside. And then I just kind of, I just need to, I need more from life. And I thought, and this big agency ideas that I've got, I can implement them into a small agency. Mm. I remember 
moving back into my mum's uh, um, house, little box room, when I first started out. And I got my phone and I stuck it on the window and I, I went, right, okay, now I need to do my message. And I started sweating and I had to get changed. And it happened three times where I'm literally just covered in sweat because the person looking back at me had sold himself out for so long. And my mum's in the background walking backwards and forwards. I'm thinking, and then she said to me, why are you doing videos? And I was like, she never said what you're doing videos for. She said, why are you doing videos? And it was that moment that I kind of went, why am I doing this? Well, I want people to be fearless. I want them to show up authentically. I want them to be unapologetically themselves. In order for to do that, then I need to be like that. Mm. And that's when I started doing videos. Mm. In that moment, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want people to be fearless. Mm. It's hard. Why do you want people to be fearless? Because I want them to... I want people to not feel like how I felt. Looking back in the majors and stuff like that, I felt worthless. And in order to get self-worth, you need to be fearless. You need to go into the dark bag sometimes. You need to go into the woods. You need to spend a lot of time on your own and self-reflect to realise really who you are. Not what you're doing or what you look like, but who you are, what your values are. Why? And you, you taking somebody there, why, why is that meaningful to you? If the transformation for them will be so personal, why is that a currency for you? I don't know what it is. I can't put words into it, but it's a feeling. It just feels amazing. I feel like that's why I've been put on this planet because the actual word mana comes from the word mariner, which means navigator. And I help people navigate paths to where they do. And I feel that that's some core ancestral thing that's within me, that when I see people chart a path and they, they get to where they want to do, that I've had a part in that, that it just lights me inside. I, I've got no words for it, Raj. I haven't. When, when they've found that path, hmm. is that a counterweight to a time when you didn't have it? Probably. So I'd say so, Matt. I think a lot of stuff comes back from my own insecurities and being, being lost. Yeah. So I, I to, to your point about, you know, one-on-one consultations, mm. it doesn't take too many whys that important to use. Mm. It takes, you know, four to seven of them before you realize that your average life coach or your average person with a mission, I'm not saying average, I'm saying based on collective data, that the average person that has this kind of mission ultimately wants to be the guardian angel that they needed typically in their teens or 20s. Yeah. And so what happens is you've still not, I'm being hypothetical here, but you've still not processed or made peace with that time in your life. Mm. And one of the approaches to make peace with it is to make sure that other people don't go through it. Yeah. Because it makes you feel good Mm. and making you feel great and good is the opposite of how you felt when yeah. you went through it. Yeah. So by your your you're eating sh- as much sugar as you can today to remove the sour taste as opposed to just being comfortable with the sour taste. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, get it. Like I, I have so many people that like, I want to, I mean, I, I, I more often than not, and I don't do it from a malicious point of view. I do it because I want to understand the human journey. You know, people say to me like, there's this one lady, she was on one of my programs and she was like, you know, I want to put this together for, um, for women that want to get back to work after having a baby. I said, that's very noble. I, I'm a big, big proponent of that, about a woman's journey in and out of pregnancy with, with relations to, to her profession. I said, why is that? She goes, well, you know, it's, it's very difficult once you have a kid. You find out you've got a kid. You've got to wind down your work, hand stuff over, get your holidays, make a decision about how much of your maternity leave you want to take and over what period, syncing up with your husband. Fair enough. Okay. Why is that important to you? Well, as you know, some, it can cause some difficult decisions. There's a lot of people that people, do, a lot of stuff that people don't know. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, and you want to be the person to tell them? Yeah, they said, yeah. I said, why do you want to, why do you want to tell them? They were like, you know, if somebody just told me, I could have avoided this, 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 and this. I said, okay, well, you know, if you'd avoided it, what would have happened? Would you have been happier? She goes, yeah, I would have. And, you know, like, I caused a lot of problems with my mother-in-law. And I was like, what happened with your mother-in-law? She goes, she just wasn't supportive. She just didn't show up for me the way that she thought she would. Three or four wives, and she's crying. And I said, that person there that's just gone back is the person you want to help, right? And she goes, yeah. I said, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But let's not, let's not make it about like, I want to make this course or I want to make this. Let's go back to the fact that that was a really horrible time for you. And the only way that you can make peace with it or justify it or rebalance it is by creating good. You don't want to die knowing that that beat you. And unfortunately it did. And you helping others is not going to change the story of that beating you. It's important to think about yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're not they're not two sides of the same coin. Yeah. They're two different coins, and yeah. you need both. But you can't scrub away your pain yeah. by bringing joy to others or helping others avoid yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's better to be a coach and stand shoulder to shoulder with them and help them with their immunity than it is for them to avoid the bug in the first place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love it, mate. I love that. I do, do, it's truly from that, and I know what it feels like to be lost. So I help other people not be lost and help yeah. them navigate a path to what they're trying to find. Yeah. But alongside that, I do, you know, I, I do counseling, I do breath work, I do all these things because I also want to heal as well inside. Mm. Little Tim's, you know, still makes decisions from an abandonment point of view. Mm. Um, and I, the mushrooms have shown me a lot of trauma and stuff like that as well, which I'm coming to terms. I love the journey that I'm on, but it, but, you know, coming back to your point, my literal why is to help other people find theirs. But when you do that and when you give them such a kind service, yeah. as you know, anybody who's ever done something nice for you, you'll mm. always have a bond with them, right? Yeah. You attach to them. This person taught me how to ride a bike. This yeah, person yeah, taught yeah, me how to yeah. drive my car. Yeah. This person showed me how to kick a football. Yeah. Well, that attachment is the opposite of abandonment. Yeah. So you're building attachment bonds. Yeah. And you're trying to build so many that they cover the abandonment. I've never looked at it like that. Right. Yeah. I love it. 600 people say Tim helped them with breath work. 800 people say Tim built their brand for them. Well, they attach, right? Yeah. You become an important figure. You become a guru, a sage, a father, a brother to them. Yeah. Well, nothing counts as abandonment like that, but it doesn't ever quell it or squash it. So the question is, how can all of these things live in harmony and in synchronicity rather than one try to wash out the other? Because when blood stains linen, it stains. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can remove the red, but you'll never be able to remove the proteins and the yeah. fats that live in the linen. Yeah. That off yellow color when you've tried washing blood out of white. So it's about living with that shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beautiful, mate. Again, beautiful sentiment. I think uh, I think maybe 10 years ago, I think what you're saying right now would have made me cry. Because it, it, it still hits me. But I'm, I'm kind of on this healing journey sorting that out myself but my still why would be that whatever i just i, I mean i just like it fills my soul mm. when i see someone get a second shop or they do the first video and i'm just like Shit. yeah 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 you know they were crying in my fucking like months ago like there's i can't i can't and they do it and i'm just like oh my sweet god yeah i've yeah, been part yeah. of that man it's beautiful. Listen, I get it. I get it. I get, I get, I get so many young Rajas come up to me yeah. and I'm like, stupid motherfucker, don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Go to these YouTube channels, watch the following yeah, videos, yeah, yeah. go to these podcasts, watch this, duh, duh. Yeah. come back to me with your feedback. I'll help you tweak it and let's do it because we all want revenge on our younger selves, mm. like on whoever did anything to us in our younger selves. Yeah. So I'm not saying what you're doing is unnatural. It's natural. We all do it. Yeah. We all see someone who reminds us of us. Yeah. We, re we associate the pain of being with where they were or the inevitable mistake that's coming their way. Yeah. And we say, yo, stop. Yeah. You know? and, I, and, I think, and I think for men, that's really good because traditionally, data shows that women are much better at talking stuff out and communicating and thinking about yeah, things yeah, yeah. from 17 different ways yeah. and having these things meet. Whereas for men, there's typically been a, you know, you're there to serve, you're there to build, you're there to provide. You haven't got time to get with other men and talk these things through. Yeah. But the world is more complex now. And a man can't carry on his shoulders what he was, what he needed to carry, you know, in the 60s and 70s, which is go to work, bring home the money, provide. Well, now you've got all different types of stuff, right? You've got, you, we've got, we've, it, it's men versus processed foods. Yeah. It's men versus... 70 different sports teams it's men versus getting into an argument over politics in your local pub yeah. there's a lot more threats so we have to talk these things through right it was men having a different relationship with women period like women aren't for yeah. women to change who they are over the last 50 years yeah. and start to move towards an equal position yeah fundamentally for them to achieve equality requires the man to change status in the in the on the planet yeah. so they're also dealing with that because a man who's had male privilege since the beginning of humanity yeah. in the last 50 years has had to make an adjustment so it's important that men talk to other men i always see like i i, I get this in dubai a lot people like oh you know i don't get as many bookings djs go i don't get as many bookings because they just get some hot girl with a tiny waist to come and dj house music and dance yeah. and she's wearing like a crop top <coughs> and i'm like yeah and they're like but she's not even like mixing half the records i'm like yeah. And they're like, but she's only hired her because she's pretty. Yeah. Now that we've made now that we've made peace with a promoter or a general manager that's got nothing to do with you or your music, yes, you can scratch and mix with your nose, duh, duh. But let's just make peace with the fact that a woman taking your DJing job has not made all the a woman's whole history balanced. It's one instance where as a man, you're gonna have to just take it on the chin. That's their lived journey every single day. Like, it's so crazy. I remember I, I lived on this, uh, I, I, my, my house in London is in a really nice neighborhood. And I would walk home to the train station. And I, I would always like, you know, if a woman's walking by herself, you know, you just keep an eye, keep an eye on her. And um, 
And I remember once one of my friends was telling me, she was like, oh, that's good. Do you walk, do you walk behind her or on the other side of the road? I said, no, I walk behind her. You know, if any shit happens, I'm there. She goes, no, you should walk on the other side of the road because you're the threat. So I was like, fuck. She was like, do you not realize that women live under constant threat of whether it be violence, robbery, sexual assault. So what you're doing is, is coming from a good place. But even if, you're on this, even if you're walking on the same side of the road as her and you live on the same side of the road, cross over the road so she can see you at like a hundred degree angle. But so you can still keep an eye just in case some fucker jumps out of a bush, right? You can step in and do what you're meant to do, but don't stand behind her. I was like, God damn. It's like stuff like this. As, yeah. as men, we need to hear this so that we can be, we can be better, better civilians. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. actually give women the space over a hundred year window to grow into what they're meant to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a million percent. You only yeah. do that, you just, people just got to talk. Yeah. You've got to and talk more. Yeah, yeah. Communicate so, more. Communication's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially, especially between men. You know, we got, we got, we, we, we've had it all when it comes to building boats and conquering the planet, right? Mm. But we've not had the, uh, the emotional growth. Yeah. We've had the geographic growth and the industrial growth. Yeah. We've taken all the credit for that effectively, yeah. but we've not had the emotional growth. And now we see women having industrial growth. They've already made the strides when it comes to emotional. So I think now we're at that stage whereby yeah. here we are, what they call, you know, 2000, AD, but we're really talking about a many million year journey, right? So civilization has been where it's been for around 5,700, like, you know, five, five and a half to 6,000 years, depending on, you know, Egypt and where you want to start. You know, we've, we've really, we're, we're only just now starting to mature as a gender, like as a, as a, I don't know what you call it, species, whatever, like as men, we've only started to just, we're, we're starting to scratch the surface of what women have been able to do for yeah, Literally agreed, thousands of years. Agreed. Even myself, you know, over the past maybe five years, just tapping into a little bit more of my feminine energy and opening up my heart. Mm. You know, you know, talking on certain levels that weren't before and being a bit more vulnerable and, you know, having vulnerable conversations has really changed the game for me. Mm -hmm. I, I do like myself a lot more with that feminine energy about mm. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and talking to all the men who are on that same level as well, that same frequency. Yeah, it's yeah. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful talking mm. and saying that I'm not all right and, you know, I'm feeling a certain way and, oh, well, I feel like that as well. Oh, you feel like that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not gay. I'm like, oh, bro, shit. Mm. I'm about to, you know, have a shared experience and at the end of it, fucking hell, I feel mint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I had, I had a friend who... You know, he, he went through it during uh, COVID. Um, dad got Alzheimer's, became violent towards the family, had to be taken away by the police. Dad died immediately after the mum got cancer. That kid was going through it. My, my boy was going through it. I was like, it, it, felt, it felt great to have the toolkit yeah. mentally to be able to support that person, even though it had to be over Zoom. Like, it felt great to have the language to be able to coach that person and be like, hey, first up, yeah. everything you're saying is fucked. And life is assaulting you right now. The way you're being treated by the universe is not fair. That's where we are. However, some of the things you're thinking about are not the counter to it. Some of the things that, the ways you're thinking about approaching it are not gonna balance it out. 
what's going to have to balance it out is if you need to call me every few weeks or whatever and we just talk about this and we end up talking about some other shit that we're both interested in to get your mind off it and I end up making you laugh and you feel like you can go on another month or two then that's what we're going to do because we're going to get out of it you know as, as, a, as, a, as a mariner you know you, you save ships right you see a shipwreck yeah, yeah, yeah. and you pull up in yours and we're blessed because our ships are never going under yeah. I'm never going under yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm the fucking yeah. There's no Titanic moment for Raj yeah, 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 yeah. ever. I'm on this ocean forever. Yeah. And I'm forever going to be successful. Mm. Yeah. But when you see other boats, you see other little dinghies and you're like, hey, listen, man, yeah. come. I know when to put up my sail. I know when to take it down because the time's not right. Yeah, I yeah. know where the rocks are. I know where the turbulent things are. Sometimes the storm's going to come, but I'm all right. I've been through it before. Yeah. You know, and the, the crew that I've got on there, you know, we've been through this together. Yeah. We, know, we know we can get through this through. Yeah, and the yeah. people who've been there a bit longer help the people who haven't and you know it's they've got a tattoo on my chest about it mate it's, really yeah yeah it's just like a big pirate ship wow. just like sailing with everybody else around it and navigate and then at the bottom it's like a shipwreck all the people that have failed and stuff like wow. that wow just navigating the course wow um it, it, it's all about that yeah um, i love it i felt i felt it as soon as you walked in i was like yeah this is one of us like, you know, I mean, I hope you felt the same. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. It's just frequency, mate. I mean, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? We've followed it for years, but you, you've got, you're on the same frequency. I, I love your outlook on life, Raj, honestly. Mm. It's amazing, mate. The toolkit that you've got, you know, people, you know, your friends, you should be so grateful for you. I mean, that, you just on Zoom to just kind of navigate through that time, through that storm that it's going through. Mm. Beautiful, mate, isn't it? I appreciate that very much, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, great. it's great to be of service to people. Yeah. Like, I've already won. Like, I'll never ever, I'll never go out of business. I've got uh, 43 years on the planet with a mum and dad that love me. I mean, even today, right, I'm up north and I don't have a car here in the UK at the moment. And luckily, we're in Salford. And my dad was like, I'll drive you. You know, it's like, it's, you just, you can't, and we're talking about that versus, you know, my friend's example where I just gave you where the dad was yeah. not a good actor in the family, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I think, I think there's just, there's just no day where I don't wake up and be like, damn, I'm, I'm definitely in the 1%. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm creative. You can drop me off anywhere where there's, maybe not anywhere on the planet. I don't want to be like, you know, you can't drop me off in certain parts of like certain continents, but like anywhere where there's an internet connection and a highway or yeah. a, a train station, I'm good. You can, leave me you can leave me there with just this hoodie and whatever I've got on me and I'll hustle my way out that day. And it's and to, to know that you've got that capability and have that belief in yourself yeah. creates a light inside you that can sometimes help forge a path for other people that don't have the blessings that we have a million percent mate you're such an amazing role model mate you lead by example and you know what i mean yeah I'm, you sure, I'm sure you're very proud of yourself and you know you don't mean me telling you that but you know it's only because of face to face i just want you to tell you face to face i, I think, appreciate I think it's it. important mate what's next for you what's next for raj what's next for your business what, what's what have you got coming up that you're excited about i'm really excited about what happens with my friends your friends so we started that in march 2017 i got a dozen people in a bar from different backgrounds. You know, we, we have so relationships. Like networking, but like yeah. on a deeper level. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, tell you the, I'll tell you the full story. So prior to moving to Dubai in 2017, for about three to four years, I lived in Dubai and London. So I still had my London house. And I would some, when I'm in London, I'd live in London, I'd hustle in London. When I was in Dubai, I'd just hustle in Dubai. But what happened is Dubai was starting to come up really quickly. So I was spending more time in Dubai. So what that meant is that when I came back to London, my music industry friends would want to meet one-on-one. -on -one. My tech friends would want to meet one-on-one. -on -one. My media friends, my homies like would want to meet. And it got to the stage whereby if I just did breakfast, lunch, and dinner with each person that wanted to do it, 
effectively I wouldn't be able to get to see my mum and dad and have curry and do all the stuff that home is. So in, I think it was 2015, in uh, Camino in King's Cross, I said, hey, listen, I'll put on Facebook, I was like, I'm going to be here in this bar at this time. And people always say to me, oh, I need to meet a lawyer, I need to meet a podiatrist, I need to be this. I was like, listen, I'm going to be in this bar at this time, come through and you can meet me and you can meet my friends. And in those days it was called my friends, their friends. So I said, I'm bringing my friends, they're bringing their friends. If you pull up, we'll get to hang out and you'll get to meet a whole bunch of new people. So 80 odd people came, great vibes. And then we did another one and I was like, hang on a second. If this many people will show up to hang out with me when I'm in London, because I'm not there, so there's like a supply demand issue. I was like, what would happen if I wasn't the host and there was co-hosts? So when I got to Dubai and I fully committed to Dubai, I think I moved there in January 2017. By March 2017, I did something called My Friends, Your Friends. Uh, somebody else had, had borrowed the concept, changed the name. I asked for it back. They said, of course, it's your concept. Take it. We called it My Friends, Your Friends. We got 15 or a dozen or 15 people in a bar, different backgrounds, tech, media. Just like what we were saying before, just putting people in the circle. And, yeah. yeah. They brought their friends. 85 people showed up then. Yeah plus maybe another 10%. Then we did it in a different bar with different people, different bar, different people. By the 10th event, we did it at the Burj Khalifa. 500 people inside, 100 people couldn't get in because the valet was not able to take any more cars. Wow. Now we're at 16 events with 4,000 people in the community. That's amazing. Man. So coming up next is, I'm now talking to different partners in different parts of the industry that can offer their services to those 4,000 people. And can help upskill them or can, you know, if they need a branding partner or they need a financial services partner, who can they go to and how can they help? And then uh, we've just, we're starting to move all of our content programs online. We've taken a huge chunk of what we teach because we normally, we charge between four and a half thousand pounds and 20,000 pounds to teach strategy. And we're now going to take the base of that strategy, which is called the four P's of content. And we're going to make that open source and just give it away because naturally on our, journey we're gonna to have to write a book yeah because i want the four pieces of content is such a universal framework i mean you can't imagine a successful content initiative where you've removed one of those jenga pieces you would never dare to remove plan or produce yeah. or publish or promote otherwise the content doesn't exist yeah so we're like okay if it's so universal i've always dreamt of the four pieces of content being like the porter's five forces yeah of content yeah so we're going to put that out for free but instead of just putting it out in just a book form we're going to put it out with uh, free learning materials, video learning materials, assessments and things of that nature. So it's going to be like an academy sort of basis. Correct. But what we've, what we've, we've been working on that business for about three and a half years. And then along came AI and AI is so big. It's so helpful that we're like, hang on a second. If, if we asked 10 people to do what we tell them to do and eight of them said no, we'd understand because, oh, all right, I can make the content, but I don't know how to write the description for YouTube. Or I don't know how to write the captions for Instagram, or I don't know how to make a yeah. thumbnail. Well, AI is going to solve that. Yeah. So now if we tell 10 people to do it, maybe only two people will not want to do it. And that's because of something here rather yeah. than something here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've just purchased a, a URL, contentstrategy.ai. And now the school is going to teach content strategy enabled by AI. So we're also going to be teaching those tools to help you get your content strategies to market quicker. We'll then be rolling that out in the US. We'll be rolling it out here in the UK, which I'm sure we can have a conversation about as time goes on. Yes, and um, and the Middle East. And then we, we've we've committed from the beginning of this model that for everyone that we sell, yeah. we create a, a fund and literally do what you've talked about, which is go and find Tim Marner, 
1996, go find Raj Katecha 2002 and be like, there's a free copy for you. Yeah. Because if you know at 22 what I know at 43, yeah. you're going to be a killer. Killer. And I, all, I, all I want, truthfully, all I want is at 43 years old, for that person to be on whatever hologram podcast is popping in 20 years time, to be like, yo, did you ever, and I, and I actually did this guy, Raj Katech's course, and this is my basis. Because if you look at the way, we all love Michael Jackson, right? But if you look at the way that Michael talks about James Brown, you can love Michael Jackson, but you'll never love James, you'll never love Michael Jackson more than Michael Jackson loves James Brown. Yeah. You'll never love Chris Rock more than Chris Rock loves Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So I just want to jump in to that stream and be one of the dudes that figured it out. I figured out content. Plan, produce, publish, promote, done. Everything stems from that. You're talking about meta tags, podcasting, RSS feeds, fucking cover photos. It all comes down to one of those four categories. Plan, produce, publish, promote. I figured it out. Now I want the whole world to know and I want great people to use that platform to become even better creators in a world whereby long after I'm gone, that if, they get, if they're trying to put together a content strategy or they've plateaued on the current content strategy that they've got and it's not performing, they go, okay, hang on a second. Let's break this down. Plan, produce, publish, promote. Where exactly is this going wrong? That's where my emphasis is right now. And that's how I'm going to finish the podcast. Yeah, I just want to be the fucking goat, bro. You already are in my eyes. So <laughs> I won't worry about it. Thank um, you, my brother. Thank people, you so much for your time, bro. And yours, mate. Honestly, I really do appreciate you. Um, where can people find you when they want to come follow you? At Rajkotecha on all platforms. So R-A-J-K-O-T-E-C-H-A. Uh, creativecontentagency.com. Yep. Soon we'll have contentstrategy.ai. So this will be a forever video. So that will be some places where you'll be able to get a bunch of free materials from us. Learn about how we did what we did with Tony Robbins, Stephen Bartlett, Gary V. Also non-celebrity stuff, like how we've helped people that are not celebrities build build their brands. Yep. Um, and that's it, man. And 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 truth, here's the, there's, I usually say there was one hack. There's actually two. The number one hack has always been, if you go to my Instagram, drop me a voice note. The voice note is capped at one minute on Instagram. If you can send me a voice note of under a minute and just think about what you want to say and how concise you want to be, whatever is meant to come from that will come from that. Maybe I voice note you back. Maybe we jump on a video call. Maybe I just drop you a link and that answers your question. The second thing, and this is the number one hack that I think no matter how much I've spoken about it, people haven't got, so I'm going to speak about it more. People can hit up my cousin, who's the COO of my business and all of our group of businesses, uh, Vic Majaria, A at V-I-K-M-O-R-J-A-R-I-A. Shout out to Vic. Yeah, shout out to Vic. So we started in content together. The story doesn't tell it like that. The story makes, story's all Rajkatecha. Yeah. But when we literally started interviewing rappers and when we started working with Russell Peters in 2006, Vic was there for every single thing. Vic was half of it. So if you can get through to him, effectively you're getting through to me. Like if you can get onto Vic's DM or, or email him, Vic at creativecontentagency.com, be like, yo, I'm thinking about doing this with you guys, or I want to do this with Raj, or I want to do this with you. And he goes, yeah, it's a priority. Then that Zoom call is happening or that dinner is happening. Do you know what I mean? Because he looks, he's the one that, he's the guardrail where he's like, we shouldn't be investing in this and we should yeah. be putting our energy here and you shouldn't be going to this, you should be going to that. Vic, I'm coming to Dubai, can you sort it out for me? You'll be, so, no, but you're good. Like, I mean, <laughs> but like, I'm just, I'm like, pe people that want to get access to our agency, our yeah, resources, yeah, yeah. any of our brands, me, I think that that's, for 2023 moving forward, Vic is, Vic is the unlock. Because even if you come to me, 
I'm still going to go to him and be like, yo, this deal's on the table. Like someone rang me the other day. They wanted to um, be the venue partner for my birthday party. I threw a big birthday party. It's 200 to 500 people, all free for everybody. And um, venue reached out and I was like, yo, Vic, this venue wants to do it. We've had a history of success with this venue. He's like, nah. He goes, between contentstrategy.ai, between my friends, your friends, between rolling out in LA, New York, and Toronto, and London, and Amsterdam, when the fuck are you going to throw a birthday party? Like, just stop, chill out. And I'm like, all right, we're not doing it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like that is, yes, voice note me. And sometimes those voice notes can get, can go missing. But if you can get through to Vic, like Vic's got, that's, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really good way to, to get, to get hold of us as a, as an outfit. Because like I said, he was there, you know, those New York trips, the celebrity content, everything, Gary V, Vic was my partner in that. Uh, my friends, your friends, he runs that. Everything. Wu-Tang Clan mixtape that we did Vic was in that Like you can hear his voice On the mixtape It's like I try to tell people And at least if he tells you It's going down You can pretty much believe It's going down So I would say that, that That's it Send me a direct voice note Or hit up Vic Vic at creativecontentagency.com Or me Raj at creativecontentagency.com Raj Thank you man brother I appreciate it, my bro Goodbye everybody Goodbye